Welcome, everyone, to this episode of After the Blog. I want to welcome you back and welcome a guest to the show today. Angelica Faber is here. I did get your last name correct, didn't I? Either way, it's fine. Is <laughs> you it actually... Faber or Faber? So we... We've been saying it favor and we've been saying it wrong all the time because when we went to Austria, we discovered it is father. So you're actually correct. I did, I did a good job. So Angelica was actually on a recent episode of the Microsoft Security Insights show where she showcased, which I absolutely love, and talked about some solutions she has built using generative AI or chat GPT. I think everyone knows it by that with Microsoft Sentinel. In fact, I was off that week on vacation. I came back just for that show because it was so interesting to me, that topic is. Um, but as part of that, you know, I believe there are some outstanding questions. Obviously, this show is called After the Blog because we're trying to answer those types of questions. And that those open-ended questions actually led to a couple different blog posts of mine that I wrote. Uh, one of them was preparing the sock for generative AI. And the other was on um, like my current thoughts on using AI with a modern SIM or SIEM, who, however you pronounce that. Um, so that's why Angelica is here, right? So she's the brain. I invited <laughs> her to be the brain that can help us resolve those questions, at least in my mind, right? Um, you'll be able to find the links to Angelica's Microsoft Security Insights show episode in the show notes, along with those uh, two blog posts. But let's start first with Angelica. Angelica, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So I, I know you probably introduce yourself to Microsoft partners and customers literally all day long, but would you please do it for us one more time? Who are you and what do <laughs> you do at Microsoft? Um. So I'm a security architect with the GPS. Now it's America theme. It used to be US and now it's America. And GPS is Global Partner Solutions. So I work um, exclusively with partners. Most of those are MSSP. And uh, so that's managed security service providers. And uh, I help them build their security services, mostly around Sentinel, but also Defender 365 and Defender for Cloud. I do also work with some ISVs, um, like ISVs that publish their solutions on Content Hub, uh, on Sentinel's Content Hub. So that's my, uh, my job in a nutshell. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you work with partners quite a bit. That, that's got to be pretty, I was going to say rewarding, obviously, interesting, um, probably sometimes entertaining because I, I know <laughs> some of our partners um, and I love our partners and they're just like a really great group of people. Yeah. And, and I think I, I was actually, I think I was talking to somebody earlier and I was comparing it to uh, like when you're the teacher and you get the gifted kids, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're the ones that have been on the field. They're the ones that ask the uh, hard questions. Oh boy. Um, yeah. yeah. And that was, Actually, that was one of the conversations you and I were having. It's like, how do, what, where does the uh, inspiration come? And, and the truth of the matter is, a lot of what I write about is because I've gotten questions from partners. So, and then I'm curious about it myself, and so I go test it out. Well, that's 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 kind of interesting that you put it that way because, yeah, our our partners are super intelligent, which means you have to be super intelligent. Again, <laughs> you're the big brain. You're that's why you're here. 
Um, I'm going to get some really good stuff out of this. People are going to love this. So I, um, so I appreciate you being here. Yeah. I appreciate you being here. I think that I, it's awesome when anyone can take time out of their day just to do silly things for me (laughs) or with me. So thank you so much. Um, so, okay. Uh, so one of the bigger kind of open-ended questions that I had in my mind, okay. Um, was around how Microsoft Sentinel uh, SOC, how a SOC, Security Operations Center, that uses Microsoft Sentinel. Obviously, this could be for other tools and products along those same lines as well, but how they can actually prepare for generative AI. So understandably, and I think a lot of customers have seen this already, everybody wants our co-pilots. Um, you know, when's yeah. co-pilot? Um, <laughs> I think at Microsoft, we've talked a lot about how our customers can prepare for our co-pilots like GitHub, uh, Microsoft 365 co-pilots do soon, I think. Um, but to be honest, I think we've been extremely quiet, maybe on purpose, I don't know, about what security customers can actually do to prepare for, maybe not co-pilot, because I think that's still a little bit ways off, security co-pilot, but maybe just generative AI, right? So let's start there for a minute. Um, so Angelica, for our listeners, for those that are just kind of tuning in, um, what is generative AI and how can it be used in a security operations center, do you think? Yeah, so so generative AI is not really new. It's been around for a while. In fact, I was reading the the first the first paper on neural networks, which is what generative AI is based on, was actually written in the 1940s. So it's definitely not new. Uh, and as you and I know, Microsoft has been using AI within our Microsoft security services for quite a while. Um, like within Sentinel, we have Fusion and UEBA. Um, we even have within Defender 365, the automatic attack disruption, which uses AI. I think it's actually generative AI within some of those too. Um, so it's, and for me personally, um, for me, it's really an opportunity to, and, and the, the word has been used before, so this is not new, but for me, it's really an opportunity to augment the humans that are working at those security operations center. Because um, they really need it. I mean, if we know, you and I know that cybersecurity professionals, um, they suffer from uh, burnout. We have also a lot of high turnover in some of those positions. So if there is an area that really needs help, an assistant, which I think is uh, what what I think I relate generative AI most to being a really good assistant at, at everything, um, the area of cybersecurity is definitely, to me, one of the areas that needs it the most. So it's a, really an opportunity to help those humans, in, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah so, so as an assistant, um, what are some of the benefits of that? You've talked a little bit already. Being an assistant in a security operations center, what does that kind of, what do you think that looks like? I, I know based on the show, you saw, you sh- you showcased some of the things that you've been working on, which I think are super amazing that people need Thanks. to go back and take a look at. Um, but what are some of those things that as an assistant, it comes alongside and helps them with? Yeah, so like one, of, the first one that I actually did was, um, was a, an integration where it actually went out to to uh, OpenAI, to Azure OpenAI specifically, um, to get 
uh, help and to get like incident tasks, like a list of things that you, the SOC analyst can try to investigate something. And uh, and it also, and actually the fourth step was like a uh, KQL query. Mm-hmm. So, so those are things that really, and not just like a junior engineer, but even senior engineer can benefit from because you need brainstorming. Um, sometimes you're like, it's Friday afternoon and it's the end of your shift and you're like, I'm tired. I can't think anymore. Uh, so you need like, you know, some kind of brainstorming. Also, some of the other things that I showcased were report, reporting. Oh, right. I, we know that SOC analysts do not like writing reports. They love getting into the neat, you know, the details and whatever, but they, nobody likes writing a report about what happened or how it happened. Um, so reporting, I think it's, a, it's an area that I think it could help with. And ideally, it, it would be something that would, you know, like take care of all those mundane activities so that they can focus on the things that they actually want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, more rewarding type work. That's, you know, hopefully what it would help with. Yeah, so, that you know, I absolutely love that. So there's, you know, obviously some benefit to it. And I think as time goes on, I think customers, as they start using it, they're going to come up with some really unique things and ideas based on their environment anyway. But have you found working with partners and potentially the customers of partners with some of this stuff, what are some of the challenges potentially for security operations centers using or wanting to use, I guess, generative AI? Yeah, I think, so one is they're going to have to get approval Mm. to spend the money because it's not free. Um, So just like any other type of uh, functionality, um, they also also have some privacy concerns. And I think um, that's where using Azure OpenAI specifically, I think addresses a lot of that. Um, because the fact of the matter is it's running within your subscription under your control. You can put in your, you know, networking guardrails and things like that. Um, so some of the, also some of the challenges is, um, I think initially it's, it's, um, fear of the unknown too. You know, a lot of people are like, um, wondering how hard is this going to be for, for me to learn and, and, and some, some, adventurous socks they're you know they're jumping in <laughs> at first but others are a little bit more hesitant about that and uh, and obviously the privacy concerns and getting it approved by legal and getting it approved by you know finance and all of that stuff so so those are some of the challenges that i have seen so far yeah and that's uh, i think that's key and I'm, you see me here pulling out my my uh, notepad um <laughs> the learning piece right so that's that's difficult particularly when you think about anyone in IT or anyone in security, they're tasked with so much and they have so much to do. By the time you mentioned it a little bit earlier, by the time five o'clock rolls around, they just want to get out the door, you know, give me something or somebody to help me do my job so I can get home just a little bit sooner or shut down and go to the other room for those that work remotely. Um, So that is, yeah. So how do people learn that? Maybe that's an open-ended question we probably need to do on another show when we talk about AI and security and how to get that continuing learning and stuff like that. Right. Um, so here I getting more to the crux of what I want to talk about today. Um, here's something I thought about and put in my blog post. I'm sure there's probably more and feel free to chime in. Cause I'm always love to put extra bullet points for people to have additional knowledge 
Um, so feel free to inject where you think needs to be, but I want to get your take on these, mm-hmm. how you feel these are important or unimportant potentially. Um, how a Microsoft Sentinel customer go, might go about accomplishing these, again, focusing on the Microsoft Sentinel piece, because we, we're talking about preparing for AI, right? Preparing for the copilot. There's a long list of things. If you go to look for Microsoft 365 copilot on Microsoft's Learn site, here's the things you need to do to prepare. Here's the licensing, blah, 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 blah. What can a Microsoft Sentinel customer do to prepare? Here's a couple things that I had. Um, configuring the incident tags to make sure that ChatGPT actually has enough information, right? So if you tag things specifically, it's a PowerShell issue. It's a whatever happens to be. Um, Another one I had was um, assigning specific incidents to specific analysts using automation rules, which I think is hugely important, something people should be doing anyway. But I think that's going to help from being able to prepare for AI. And um, what was the other? I had a couple others. Actually using the TI... Not a lot of people use the threat intelligence components of Sentinel um, or at least use them effectively. And then practice gathering information to build better generative AI prompts. You know, one of the things that really caught me during that episode that you're on for Microsoft Security Insight show was the length of your prompts that you were sending to ChatGPT. I thought, oh my goodness, if I had to spend all day trying to figure that out myself, I would just give up. Sure. Yeah. Um, so how are you doing that? Are you, is that based on, again, as a big brain, is that, is that based on your knowledge or are you actually using AI to create those prompts? Actually, the very first one I used, uh, I have a chat GPT plus. Uh, and so, yeah, I did use, you know what I did? I took the entire, for the one for rubric, I took the entire documentation, I put it in and I said, please summarize this. And so that's what I used because I had to fit it into the amount of tokens that I have. Um, oh, yeah. For that calls because there's a limit. And yeah, they, the, the limits keep going up, and there's like uh, APIs now that allow you more. So I could probably fit in a little bit more now. Uh, but that's what I did initially to, to fit it in. And, um, and I think grounding, it's, even though it's gone through the uh, system prompt, grounding is so important. And it's something that, like prompt engineering, grounding, um, and RAG, the, the retrieval augmented generation piece, those are things that I think that need to be in like for SOC analysts and their to learn <laughs> checklist, uh, which is something that I recommend that they do um, to, to prepare. And, and actually, to be honest with you, the best way that they can learn this is by doing, by playing with it. Um, and, and maybe you can start with a solution like they are actually uh, the partner that I that I worked with for that one. They already put a playbook already in the marketplace, so you can get this for free and start using it. So maybe starting with a solution like that is it's a good idea, so that you can get your feet wet. They don't need to learn prompt engineering to begin with, but it gets their gears running. Um, by the way, I going back to the uh, tag. Yeah, uh, you're using the tags to to inform, um, to, to send data back to Azure OpenAI. But, you know, another useful um, idea that you can use for tags is to measure, uh, measure the, the difference, you know, like did this help reduce your MTTR? Did this 
affect your uh, your your baseline from for MTTI for for how long is it taking analysts to respond to this types of incidents that are actually where you're actually using Azure OpenAI or any kind of generative AI in that matter um, versus the ones that you're not. So maybe another thing that partners can do is like start setting some baselines, right? As to so that they can measure the before and after um, and and actually gather some information, especially like if you're starting with Azure OpenAI and maybe you want to graduate eventually to like Microsoft Security Copilot. Yeah. Probably, you know, sharing some information here and there about how this little bit helped you become this much better. That's probably going to get you <laughs> maybe approval from finance to actually go and purchase the other one, you know? Well, I think it's kind of important thing to highlight too. Again, going kind of going back to that learning component, learning this stuff, the prompts, the grounding, the rag stuff. Um, I think at Microsoft with our copilots, we're trying to make AI as turnkey and valuable as possible for our customers. But at the same time, you kind of have to understand what that thing is doing. So I think, yeah, that's 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 super important. Um, speaking of security copilot. I have been thinking about this recently, knowing what I know about kind of things. Um, what do you think, and we'll kind of end on this here real quick. Um, what do you think the future is of this stuff? If you had to look five years from now, do you think something like, so let's just say security copilot, do you mm -hmm. think, or AI in general, do you think that could actually replace a seam or sim, however you want to pronounce it, or some of these other types of tools? I don't think it can, or, and we'll see, but I don't think it can replace them completely, uh, the, both the people or the like a seam type solution. I do think it's going to change the type of work that the people do. Um, I think like everything in life, like every, you know, with, we've gone through before, we didn't have computers. <laughs> we wouldn't have calculators, right? Um, so you're gonna depend, I think we're going to eventually have jobs that are going to depend on having those tools helping us. It's it's going to it's going to make the type of work that the, the humans do that much more rewarding and much more, um, um, I guess it's even uh, mentally it's going to make it easier for them to be able to go through their work day. Because um, yeah. some of these jobs are just mentally, they're very, very challenging. Uh, so I think it's, for me, I'm a huge technology um, geek and, and I'm a huge fan of generative AI. And and this is not just like a guess, to be honest with you. I mean, we're, we're seeing uh, data from the developers that are using GitHub Copilot. And I read something that like 75% of them were reporting that they're, they actually have a more, they're able to focus on more satisfying work. That's a huge number, you know, 75% of the ones that are using GitHub Copilot. So I, my expectations is that that's going to change SOC analysts as well. Yeah. So that, that is a good number. And that is, a, that is a good hope. And, and I think, you know, listeners have heard it here first. Angelica says that you can't get out of it. You must learn this AI stuff because even in five years, it's not going to replace your current tools or even your jobs. So again, it's an assistant, right? 
she's nodding yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's really all I wanted to cover today. I, I appreciate it, Angelica. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to do this. I know we all stay extremely busy, but um, it's always great to be able to engage with, you know, an audience or a larger set of customers and, and things like that. Um, so how can people stay in touch with what you're working on? Obviously you have a blog or is there some other things that, yeah. Yeah, so I have my blog, uh, myfavoritesecurity.com. And um, I also, I'm also on LinkedIn. I, I'm, you know, and I'm open to connect with anybody. I'm pretty friendly, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can attest to that. I would, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, any other parting words about this topic that we've been discussing? There's something that you absolutely must get across to listeners, something they absolutely must take away from this discussion. Um, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> get on it. Get on it. Get going. You know, don't even think about it. Just start. Actually, subscribe to uh, Rod's um, no, uh, newsletters, no, no. which I was no, telling him. Nobody cares <laughs> about that stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> Now you're just trying to, you're, you're trying to, you're working hard to try to be asked back. I see. I It's actually very, uh, it's a great way to keep up with all the changes because there are a lot of changes. So I understand there's a lot of information, but I think that if people get going and they get learning and they get testing, uh, they're going to come up with their own ideas and, you know, the, the, the future I think is very bright in this area. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and it's, it's, it's not going away. I, I have heard, you know, hyperbole before. Um, I I, I kind of look at this and I thought about this the past couple of days specifically. I don't know why. It's just sometimes you get stuck on an idea. This is very much like the, well, I tell you why I thought about this. Uh, now that I think about it, I watched the announcement between Oracle and Microsoft yesterday. I don't know if anyone else caught this. Larry Ellison, his first visit to Microsoft yesterday. Um, but he was very um, direct in talking about Oracle, how Oracle has kind of invested and made this business for on-premises databases. He said during that discussion yesterday, Oracle is going to work extremely hard to get those on-premises customers to migrate their Oracle databases to Azure, to the cloud. That's, that's one of the first things I've ever heard from an Oracle person. No, we, we keep our Oracle stuff here. So, this generative AI or AI or quantum computer, whatever you want to call this whole conglomerate of technologies, I think we're at a, that point where that whole cloud discussion started years ago, right? Everybody kind of scoffed at it, yeah, cloud, whatever, whatever. And now we're even at a point where Oracle is saying, hey, let's go to the cloud. I thought, oh my goodness, um, thought hell had frozen over, but that's that's pretty cool. But I think this is one of those cases and for those just kind of getting into technology or who have been here for a while looking for the next big thing this is not going away so that learning aspect i think is super important yeah absolutely 100 percent agree on that yeah yeah and i was at oracle for 20 years so i know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah there you go i used to work on oracle the oracle connection to the database was uh you had to be a master at that. Again, you worked at Oracle. That's where that big brain comes from. I can tell that already. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much for being here, Angelica. And we will talk to everyone next episode.